and welcome to this latest instalment of MetPro Insights. On this episode today, we're going to be discussing the first three months of 2022, uh, reflecting on the challenges we faced, how um, any existing challenges uh, carried over from 2021 have evolved, what have been the key positives, if there are any, uh, the impact of the conflict in Europe, etc. Um, as always, I'm Jake Rudge, the marketing manager here at MetPro Group, and I'm joined today by firstly our managing director, Mark Fiddy. How are you doing, Mark? Good afternoon, Jake. And also our purchasing manager, Andrew Scobie. How are you doing, mate? Hello, Jake. Lovely to have you both. Um, so there's quite a bit to unpack, so I think the best thing to do is just to dive straight in. So if we, if we start with what was happening in 2021, the biggest issue, correct me if I'm wrong, lay within shipping and logistics. So you had things like significant container shortages, um, constant delivery delays. That was a, an ever, you know, an ongoing battle. Um, but the big one was in cost increases, which, as I understand it, was largely driven by the availability and the cost of raw material, fuel price increases, and then elements of profiteering. Andy, would you say that's still the case of the of any of these evolved? Is there anything new that we need to be looking out for? It's it's very much the same, um, to be perfectly honest, Jake. Um, we're seeing it on, on on various levels. So, in terms of container shortages, um, the problem seems to have, have has now eased. Congestion remains uh, quite a significant problem. Um, if you think of Felixstowe, forty percent of our forty percent of all the goods in the UK, sorry, go into Felixstowe. Um, and I think 90% of our shipments arrive into, into that port. The congestion there still remains at quite a significant level. If you look at reports online, you'll often see Felixstowe is in the top 10 for the most congested ports in the UK. Right. Now, in October 2021, the number of dwell days uh, for Felixstowe was around 20, 21 days. Mm -hmm. It's still currently running at anywhere between 7 and 10. So the dwell day would be... The time it takes for the vessel to get unloaded, discharged, and, and off board. So we're continuing to see, sorry, um, that congestion uh, at, the, at the ports. Um, in terms of delivery delays, the driver shortage, which was really heightened back in August or September of last year, has has eased. Um, that problem seems to have not so much gone away, but it, the situation is getting better over time. With driver retention surcharges, which is what we're seeing coming through uh, on our, on our um, costs. Okay, so when, you, when you're talking about congestion there, I mean, what are the impacts? Because you, you, what do you say? Do you say 18 days or 21 days? Originally? 21 days. 21 days, and now we're still down to 7 to 10. How's that affecting you in your planning of bringing stock in? Because stock has been, certainly for wholesalers, that's been the biggest operational challenge since June 2020, according to EDA surveys. It's a, it's a really good question. So it's all about factoring in the, the lead time. So if you, look at tra if you look at transit times as a whole out of, um, out of India and China, mm. typically we're quoted out of India tw 21 days, we're actually seeing uh, on average 35 days with its peak at about 60 days with its lowest at 28 days. After China, we're being quoted on average 35 days. The actual average we're seeing is 50 days. Its peak has been 80 days and its lowest 37 days. So if you look at all those numbers, trying to work out what to stick to is, 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 pr is pretty difficult. So 
what we try and do, um, what I try and do at MetPro is factor in that disruption, that additional lead time when we're when we're planning planning our shipments and we're speaking to speaking to our suppliers. Okay, and in terms of bringing the stock in, then what challenges has that brought to our team to, to our distribution centre here? Because I mean, I've had a, a wander around quite recently, and if I'm wrong, but it seems like we're heaving with stock at the moment, and it. You know, what kind of impact is that having on the team, Mark? I mean, what what are you seeing on on the more on the commercial side of things? Um, well, I think it's uh, I think it's spread not just across the, the the warehousing and distribution team. I think it's spread across everything. Uh, I think, as Andy said, there's a lot more planning, um, uh, planning for delays and planning for things that are unexpected seems to become the norm now. So, if we talk about uh, the number of containers we would normally receive, they're heavily planned, we resource accordingly. With the delays uh, that Andy's explaining earlier, you can imagine that we have multiple deliveries that turn up at once. And we've only so many people to upload them and so much time to unload them. So invariably, we've had to force our own hand by paying demurrage charges is to delay shipments to such a point that we can actually manually handle them. Um, we've changed our ship patterns. So um, we, we've moved to early opening and later shifts, which means we've got less people at any one time, slightly less flexibility but all with the view of keeping the customer happy at the end of the day. So I think in spite of all of the challenges that we've seen, I think Andy and the team on the purchasing side have done a fantastic job in pretty much keeping us stock available to our customers pretty much uh, all the way through these difficult periods. So it's been challenging in that perspective. And of course, the other things that are coming out the back of that now, um, we've all been talking very much so about the electricity and the electricity gap being released. Well, that's put operational pressures on our people. So while we're talking about costs, one of the things that we've seen here is obviously fuel rates going through the roof um, and compensation to our staff. So I think, um, as you're aware, we've, we've, we've made an interim payment to staff, all members of the team, um, to try and support them in the, uh, in the huge crosses in energy. Uh, and we made a decision recently, which is just announced, that we're going to make a further payment to the staff at the end of June because rates continue to climb. So I think the things that you don't normally tend to factor in having to go on top of all of the other disruptions um, and contingencies are being needed to put in place. So it remains challenging, that's for sure. Okay, so we've spoken about shipping quite a lot, focusing exclusively really on uh, uh, bringing product in from overseas. But let's, let's switch to domestic now. What's happening locally? Um, what we're seeing uh, in, the, in the past... Um, two to three months is additional fuel surcharges from our freight forwarders. Right. Okay. Okay. And what's, what kind of impact is that having on us as a business? Is there any impact, are there on impacts further down to, you know, to our customers and their customers? Well, I think, you know, that, that depends when you are in the country as well. So one of the things that we've done immediately, which we're not keen to do, is back to raise our minimum order value for certainly the highlands and islands, um, because the, the weights are extensive. Um, and if you look at the increases, we you know we've got some that sit at 13% and some that at 30%. And unfortunately, the only way you can recover some of that is either to put it on the price, which we tend to be quite reluctant to do. We're trying to hold price as much as we possibly can. So the only option we've got is to look at the minimum order value to at least compensate for the freight. So it's never a nice thing to have to do, but unfortunately, um, it is a necessary evil. Okay, so we've talked about the challenges that have been carried over from 2021, how they've evolved, what new challenges that we're looking at. But I suppose the most logical next step is what are we doing about it 
if you look at the Far East in particular, COVID, hate to bring it up, it's still a, you know, it's going to be a present thing for us for a long time, I think. Um, but especially uh, over that way, it's still very, very sensitive, you know, China in particular with their zero COVID approach. So, you know, how are you, how are you working around these, these things, Andy? So for me, it's all about managing this um, complexity within the supply chain. So you think in an ideal world, you, you place an order, it will be manufactured, shipped, delivered on time and shipped to the customer. And that's that's not happening with all the stuff we've talked about? Just not happening. No, okay. It's not happening at all. A lot we've already mentioned, there's so many different contributing factors that add to the complexity. As we mentioned, COVID, port closures, port congestion, delays in manufacturing. So it's really important that we factor in complexity, push the complexity back up the supply chain. And by doing, in order to do that, you know, we're talking about reducing manufacturing lead times, supplier stock holding, and to continuously evaluate, evaluate areas that add unnecessary complexity. You know, our manufacturing facilities will have a certain level of capacity. What can we do to increase that capacity and working closely with the facilities? And I think just to, to add to that, Andy, I mean, we've seen some, some really difficult situations um, where we manufacture our conduit tube at this moment in time, that factory has been closed for the last six weeks and it's all around a zero COVID policy. What we have managed to do with that though is with the foresight of some of the people uh, in this room, fortunately, uh, we have ordered in advance. So we do have product on the water currently being shipped. Um, the other difficulty is not just the fact that, um, okay, we're now coming out of that lockdown period again and hopefully we'll, we'll run for a period, but also the fact that yes, raw material is now available, but it needs to be galvanized. Well, unfortunately we haven't got enough volume to put it through a galvanizing bath because of the cost of turning on the galvanizing bath. So there's a further delay in the supply chain. So I should imagine in a few weeks time, I'll be having a very stern word with Andy about where <laughs> our stock is. Um, but to be honest, you, we're, we're trying to manage so much uncertainty. Um, and of course, the, you know, the more you're trying to manage uncertainty, usually there's cash implications. And we'll come back to cash yeah. uh, probably a bit later on. Okay, so with demand then, what are you doing about it? What can you do about it? It's crucial that we work closely with our sales team um, to understand what demand they're seeing out in the market, what opportunities are there, and what our customers are doing and what, and what they're seeing. So what Q1 has, has proven to us already, that despite fluctuating levels in demand, our stock levels remain consistent and available. And what MetPro are looking to do in Q2 of, of this year are looking to implement what's called a SIOP process, which is sales, inventory, and operations planning, which will help us better get a feel for what the, the customer, customer is doing, what the customer needs, what, what have we got set up today at MetPro, where are there any shortages in our, in, within our supply chain to ultimately support the customer. Okay, well, moving demand over to the customer side of things, I mean, Mark, um, forgive the terminology, but you're an industry stalwart, you've been in this for a long time now. Um, what are you know? What are things looking like from your perspective? I I think you know if, if we were to sit back and say, well, has the first quarter been in terms of our sales performance it's been fantastic? Um, but as Andy says, it's been incredibly spiky. Um, we continue to deal with more customers, which is great news. Um, I think our customers have a difficulty in seeing what's coming as well. Yeah. Because I think projects are being delayed. We've had more recent examples of that. Uh, yeah. uh, as I know you've already shared on LinkedIn and various other 
places, Jake. So we can see a bit of that, but we can also see things that are moving along quite quickly. Um, so I think, you know, it's a bit uh, of a difficult situation. So in the world that Andy's now talking to move into where um, the purchasing side and the, and the sales team work together far more, our job is to collect as much information as we can from our customers. Yeah. We have some good tools. Um, so we, we invest in a fairly um, a fairly tidy tool in terms of not only our CRM, but a whole operational planning cycle and volumes, and that's great. But that's only looking in the rearview mirror. So our challenge is trying to predict what's going to come forward to give Andy the best opportunity he can to buy in demand. If he doesn't get it right, of course, we just complain, like we okay, normally yeah, do. Sure. But uh, trying to do the best <laughs> that we can do uh, is all we can do right now. Okay, so it's great to understand that there's a closer relationship developing now between the sales and the purchasing functions and that you and your team are naturally understanding more about the demand. How then are you passing that information back, you know, back up to the back up the supply chain to our manufacturing facilities? We have our own team uh, on the ground in, in Asia, uh, which allows us to be as close to the action, the, the, <laughs> the action as, as, as possible without actually being there. Um, as we're all aware, there's lots of restrictions going into China at the moment in time. So to have that, to have those people on the ground, sorry, is, is fantastic because it's as close as we can to get to, to being there as, as possible. What we do with all of our key manufacturing facilities is we speak to them daily. Uh, we speak to them daily. Uh, they pass, we pass information to them. They pass information to us. Uh, we do more formal sort of monthly, monthly reviews with them. Um, to, you know, to give them an insight as to what we're seeing, feedback to them, we give them feedback to, on their performance and, and, and likewise. So we're really close to the, to the situation and uh, there's, a, there's a good understanding between ourselves and our manufacturing facilities. Okay, so we've got this daily, well, very, very, very regular knowledge sharing going on. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to start to move the conversation now because I want to come back to something that you mentioned earlier, Mark. Um, and it's 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 quite a big topic at the moment, as, as you can imagine, which is the, the conflict in Europe. Um, and earlier on, Mark, you mentioned project uh, project slowdowns. Now, the one that we've um, we've put something on social media about is the Giants on the Quayside project in Newcastle, which has now been delayed for various reasons. First, it was COVID, um, and now with with the conflict. Uh, stock availability, material availability has, has, has made things challenging. Um, what impacts are we seeing, if any, so far due to the due to the conflict over, over there? Well, I think, um, again, we keep using the same terminology in this place, but it's uncertainty. It's just creating so much uncertainty. If you look at, you know, uh, two key parts of the manufacturing process, not so much related to us now, but in copper, but certainly in zinc, Big production areas in Russia, Ukraine, that's having a massive impact on the market. Zinc's one of the primary products used in the galvanizing process. Mm. Um, and you think, well, for such a you know, fairly incidental element, why is that causing the issues? Well, it is causing big issues. Um, the other thing that Andy and I have been talking about is obviously the Asia to Europe route for shipping is now going to be more congested because you can't get into Russia. Yeah. So in terms of that, there's more journey times, there's more pressure. Are we seeing that as yet? No, not really, because we haven't been able to manufacture because of the zero COVID policy. <laughs> so it's a, it's a circular reference uh, that's just becoming more and more challenging. Um, but I think that that's still a long way from resolving itself. Um, and I think that that's the big concern 
that if it continues for a longer period of time and we have ongoing COVID in Asia, let's be honest, there are manufacturing facilities in Europe. We're looking at maybe onshore and more product. Of course we are. Fundamentally, though, it, it's an economic situation. Um, and the, the viability of doing that isn't always there because other people are looking to do the same thing. Not just in our industry, but many other industries. Look along the automotive industry has been without chipsets and look at the impact there. Um, it, it's just going to be very challenging and very volatile. I think it's going to be the, the difficulty around that. Okay. Uh, and uh, I mean, this, some, there's an element of this that links back to the cost increases that we were talking about earlier, because of course, um, there's these new fuel surcharges that have come into effect or they are coming into effect. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, on a, on a, both locally and in city break terms. So again, you know, we, we've talked about the scale of those and what they can be and how they'll be, it's being impacted. And he's obviously trying to push these back at every opportunity. Um, you're constantly tendering uh, and seeing whether we can get a better opportunity with the view that we want to try and keep as competitive as we can to keep the wheels turning. Because at some point, the inflation will become far too high and all projects will have to stop because they'll just get out of control. Look across the building sector in general, timber costs, uh, bricks, the availability of product, it, it's all becoming massively challenging. Now, the predominant level of our stock and our inventory goes in at the first fixed level. Um, but if that stops, not much turns. So for us, we just need to uh, to keep riding the storm, I think. Okay, yeah, bit of a classic British keep calm and carry on situation. Absolutely. So right at the very beginning of this discussion, Mark, you mentioned cash. Do you Absolutely. want to elaborate? Absolutely, yes, um, cash. Well, I think we, we've talked about all of the issues that we've got and extended lead times and how do we, fun, fundamentally, why is Metpro here? Metpro's here to service customers with stock. Now, if we haven't got stock, we don't serve as many customers, <laughs> unsurprisingly. So the biggest issue that I'm seeing in terms of cash is the requirement of cash to pay for the excessive stocks that Andy keeps buying <laughs> in the nicest possible way. You're doing your job, mate. Yeah, well, he's doing his job. Uh, and to be honest, you know, we have no option but to put stock in. In a world yeah. where there's so much volatility, it's hard to demand plan. What do you do? You put more stock in. I refer you again to the EDA surveys. Biggest operational challenge for wholesalers. We've got no stock. Exactly. And to be fair, I think um, our customers appreciate the fact that we have had consistency and probably why it's helping us to grow. Um, that's great. So, okay, fine, no problem. Cash, cash is available, um, but cash is coming at more of a cost. Interest rates are increasing. Um, and unfortunately, as, as Andy's expressed, most of our uh, activity takes place in Asia um, and you're exposed to currency. And currency is becoming a big part at this moment of the cost of the, your goods. Um, and if you look at the US dollar and you look at um, the euro, the, the pound's been weakening and continues to weaken against those. Uh, and that has to be factored for. Um, and that's, again, another challenge that we're looking at. So you've got the raw material, the currency, the cash, um, the delays, the excess stock, you know. But I think we're getting through it and I think we understand it. Um, and trying to have too much change when everything's changing around you. The one thing I don't want to change too much is price. I think it is inevitable that we will have it further price increases. Yeah. I would rather have higher price increases and less of them than several every month and people lose control of where they are. And I think we're getting very close to trying to understand what that might look like for our business at this moment in time. I know in the industry generally, um, that, that again, they're seeing further hikes around freight, around raw material. Andy shares with these with me regularly, and uh, 
you know, I don't want to follow the pack with if you want to be different, but the reality is we're all seeing the same things. We'll all be similar in our apes uh, and the way that they'll increase. So but keep a watchful eye on that, I think, is the, is the best way forward there. Okay, so I think guys, we've covered a lot here today. Um, and what I'd like to do just to bring this to a close is to ask you to give a projection for the rest of the year in one sentence. So nice and easy. Um, Mark, if we start with you, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, sure. I think um, maybe rather than a sentence, a few words, volatility, uncertainty and availability. They'd be the three okay. for me. That they'd, they'd cover everything that I'd have to say. But that was two sentences, so I apologise. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Andy? The resilience of our supply chains will be continued to be tested for the remainder of this year. Absolutely agree. Well, there we go. Um, we hope our listeners have found this discussion insightful. Uh, gents, I'd like to thank you for sparing the time uh, to sit down thank with you. me today. Um, if anyone listening, if there's anybody out there listening, has got any questions on the topics we've discussed today or would you like more information on anything, you can contact any of us three sitting on this discussion um, via LinkedIn. The links can be found if you're listening to this on LinkedIn in the description above on YouTube, it's just down below. Um, alternatively, you can contact our in-house team on 0121 552 or via email at sales at metpro.co.uk. You can also follow Metpro on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Links are in the places uh, above or below, depending on where you're listening. And our website as well contains a lot of valuable information, in particular stock levels, which are updated 24-7. Um, links to all of these, again, can be found either above or below. Thanks again for joining me. Thanks to anybody who's listening out there, wherever you may be. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.